I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In 2013, I got married and got a permanent visa. And the thought of having dependents um, made me look for options. I knew I couldn't keep working two jobs, three jobs. So I thought I have to do something uh, to change this. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sham and we're speaking with Lakwinder Singh, the General Manager of Iconic Property Services. In an epic journey from bread to business, he shares the exhaustion of juggling multiple jobs, the lessons he learned from his bakery and the mysterious book he stumbled on that got him started in property investing. Known as Lucky by Friends, Singh is a baker turned property investor. Possessing a very unique story, Singh shares what he does now. I'm a property investor for almost 10 years and I also have a property business where I help people build their portfolios. A day in business looks different for everyone. For Singh, there are two things to juggle, his work and fatherhood. So current day start, I wake up around 7 in the morning and uh, I do have two kids. One is about 2 years old and other one 7 year old. So I help them with uh, just getting ready for the school and as I drop them to school 9 in the morning, that's when my uh, main, uh, my, my day starts. And my day start with uh, working on, on the daily rituals. So I have a list of daily rituals that I, that I do. Um, um, like a, I have a list of important property topics that uh, I, I, I make a list as I'm going through the day. And then every morning when I wake up, I pick up one of those topics and try to expand my knowledge on that. So that's how I pretty much start my day. And then just general uh, business, uh, business you know, activities that we do uh, uh, every day. So that's, that's, what I, that's how I start my day. Though I'm sure most of us are probably ecstatic that our days of hard learning from high school or university are long over. Singh gives us a gentle reminder there is always more to do if you want to find success. The property market is changing. So there's rules and regulations. They always keep adding this and that. For example, quite recently we had the South Australian stamp duty rules changed. Uh, same happened with the New South Wales. Uh, you know how uh, the stamp, stamp duty exemption, I think they increased from of uh, 650 to $800,000, you know, value. So these kind of changes, though I, I make a list of these topics that uh, I, I, as a property professional, you know, I, I need to be aware of these things because people do ask about these things. So these kind of topics, I make a list of these and every day I, I choose one of those and try to expand my knowledge on that. So that's how I keep updated. Though Singh continues his education here in Australia, it did not always start out that way. Singh's journey begins all the way in India. 
I grew up in small village in in Punjab. Punjab is a northern part of India, and uh, Punjab means uh, land of five rivers, and it's a very rich culture. Uh, Punjab is like a Punjabi culture is one of the richest uh, culture in the world, and uh, maybe you heard about Punjabi songs. It is full of energy and melody, <laughs> so that's where I am from. So uh, yeah, I, I grew up there. I did my schooling there. So initial schooling was in local uh, village school, uh, where I spent around uh, I think five six years. Initial five six years, and then uh, for secondary education, I I went to boarding school. So I spent quite a bit of time in boarding school as well. And as I finished the boarding school, I came straight to Australia for vocational studies. Like most immigrants, Singh left Punjabi in search of new opportunities. Main reason why I moved here because there's a lot more job opportunities here. Uh, I mean, so many people are getting really high education in India. Like you will see some people reading, uh, doing non-medical and engineering, and they're not getting the proper jobs. At that time, I'm not sure what's happening right now. It's already 10, 15 years. And at the time, I didn't feel like I, I would be able to get a job there, proper job. So I thought it's better to go to Australia and find more opportunities there. Despite the ultimate choice to leave, Singh's childhood was a joyful one. I was from a very small village, and village life is just like fantastic. Um, everybody knows everyone, and I remember in my village, I I used to go to almost every house uh, to play, like in the evening time. So you, you generally have friends everywhere. You go to I mean, I still remember every house, and uh, yeah, so that, that's that's how the village lifestyle is quite open, and the, I think that was the, one of the best uh, time in my life that I spent there. Differing greatly from Australia, the culture in raising kids is vastly different. For Singh, it was not uncommon to freely venture from house to house around the village. Everybody is aware that uh, I mean. Everybody was pretty much expect that that uh, like neighbors' kids gonna come to our house and we're gonna go to their house. So that's like kind of normal understanding there. And when when um, someone is not doing that, that can be a little bit different because most people are doing that. Uh, either they're going to each other's house and to play that, or maybe they're going to a common ground, grounds uh, maybe a playground or somewhere they, where they're playing. And most of the time, you we don't even have that supervision as well. Um, like like we have in Australia, there's always uh, we need to have parents supervising it. But in, in back in home, nobody really cares. Of course, what would a joyful childhood be without games? For Singh, there was no shortage. Most of the time, marbles <laughs> and <laughs> uh, like a marble and the other village game. I can't don't even remember the name. Like how to change that to to English? But <laughs> there was there was quite a few uh, local village games. Notably, the differences in upbringing did not end with childhood play activities. Recounting his education growing up, Singh shares a stark contrast in his year for education. I think it is quite common to start going to school around six years of age. Um, it was quite common at that time, and I uh, I know recently they have changed that. They're pretty much following the Western culture, and then now they start sending kids to school around four years of age. But I I remember I. Went to school around six years of age. It was about two kilometers uh, from my house, and we used to walk there. It was very basic. There's not even simple basic facilities there. I mean, if you have to do your business, um, uh, you might have to go to your neighbor's uh, field for that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so very, very basic facilities. Uh, teachers were were pretty good. Uh, there was sometimes one teacher is teaching the whole day. 
so there's no different teacher for different subjects there so so that kind of school pretty simple interestingly english was not compulsory throughout all of singh schooling so now they made it uh, compulsory from from uh, i think the nursery standard that they call it and uh, when i was studying in 1990s then english wasn't uh, compulsory up to 6th standard yeah yeah they they put they, they stress a lot on on math and um, like a local regional language which is punjabi hindi and uh, what else um, they also uh, they also very uh, proactive on a religious you know religious teachings as well Having received his high school diploma, Singh decided it was time to make a very big change. So big, in fact, that he found himself across the continent. When I came to Australia, I I started as business management. So I my idea was to maybe do some sort of business later down the track. And I quickly realized I might have to get a permanent visa first if I want to uh, you know do any business here or buy any property for example. And then I had to take a route of finding a course which will help me get a residency in australia so permanent visa so i i studied uh, baking so baking had good, quite good points at the time so i i studied baking baking cakes uh, breads and all that stuff so uh f- first i looked for what what are the high demand courses what are the high demand occupation in australia and baker is one of the occupation where not be, not many people want to do it because you have to wake up early in the morning 2 in the morning 3 in the morning and nobody really wants that and that's why um baking is uh, in high demand and i mean you 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 can leave one job today uh, at at one bakery and you can start second one maybe tomorrow somewhere because that's that kind of a demand it, we still have that demand so so that's why i i studied to be a be a baker because i knew that will be very helpful for me to first uh, maybe start a, a business in bakery uh, and also getting uh, my points for for my residency for seeing this was an entirely new venture there were no birthday cakes or chocolate chip cookies buried in his past to offer a helping hand however he is a man of actions not just words proving his capability to learn at any age singh became a baker i actually didn't learn anything in punjab about about baking i just started here so when i when i thought about coming to australia i knew what i want to do i wanted to do some sort of business but then i didn't have the proper knowledge like nobody really knew because the rules they always keep changing the rules like uh, what course have the, the high points to get a residency residency or so when i arrived here then that's when i figured out i have to do bakery but before when i first thought about coming to australia i thought i'm going to do business management and that's what i did in the first first year i applied for student visa because student visa is one of the easy to get visa and it is longer as well maybe 2 3 years and um and australian government is actually promoting that because that bring a lot of revenue to australia so that took me um a year before i figured out i need to do baking so as i got my baking uh, study started uh, at the same time i start looking for for work but because i had no experience it was hard to find find work in the beginning but then i landed a job in 2008 so i arrived in australia 2007 and i was already working in a bakery in 2008 unfortunately the move to australia was not an easy one low on money seeing proved his nickname true 
Luck was certainly on his side in evading total homelessness. So uh, where I land, I, I landed in <laughs> that, that's quite interesting story as well. So I landed in uh, in uh, I mean obviously. Uh, as I landed here, I I, I went. I, I have nobody to look after me, like nobody to receive me. And then, as I landed, I um, I spoke to one of the guys. I said, "Where should I be staying?" Uh, I mean, everywhere I look for looks like it's like a three hundred dollar a night. And then he he dropped me to one of the you know backpack backpacker location in Sydney, Sydney Central. And actually, he paid for a couple of nights, uh, my couple of nights. So that that was pretty generous, I think. This guy, um, he, he he was from Pakistan. So Pakistan is our neighbor country. So he he dropped me there, paid for my couple of nights, and helped me how however he, he could help. So that was pretty amazing, I think. So again, this, I had the, the one big big question: where I gonna stay? Uh, wherever where can I find a reasonable like affordable accommodation? So I I came with like eighteen eighteen hundred dollar travel check. So that that's all I had, and I had to use it wisely. <laughs> so I was looking. <laughs> Yeah, so I was looking for affordable accommodation, and then um, I I thought I think first point would be me me to go to uni first. I might I might find some mates there, like someone someone who wanna be friends with me, and then that's what happened. I, I went to the uni, uh, and then we, we two three guys there. We 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 start looking for accommodation. It took me a very long time to find a stable accommodation. Uh, it, it it also involved me spending two days on, on the on the street. So that was I was pretty much homeless for two days. <laughs> Coming up after the break, Singh shares the struggles he faced while balancing multiple jobs in order to save for a career. I still remember quite a few jobs. One of them was working at Hungry Jacks, uh, working at a car wash, a delivery driver. Later, I worked in Woolworth as, as well. What led to the moment where he finally could start his own business? It took me almost three years to get the visa. So pretty much after finishing the course, I was just uh, I applied for permanent visa and I start planning for my business in Australia. The invaluable lessons he learned while baking that he continues to carry with him in all jobs. When I was baking, I was pretty much doing something else as well, which was learning. So eight hours of learning that can never happen in any, any other job. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Unfortunately, finding a job was no easy task. Singh was not the only one who immigrated to find better opportunities and the job market was a ruthless one. As I came here, I already paid the initial fee. So my parents paid for the initial fee for I think around six months. So I knew if I want to change to a different course, I have to collect the fee. So that's where the next step comes in, like finding a job. And 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 I pretty much did uh, whatever I could, could, could find at the time because um, there was a lot of migration happening in 2007 when I came. And everybody, uh, most of the people came from India and China. And everybody pretty much have similar skills, pretty much like no skills. And, and they're, they're all looking for like similar kind of jobs, like uh, going to car wash, looking for delivery driver jobs and all those kind of jobs. So it was a very competitive you know, market at the time. Singh was no quitter, however. Determined to set himself apart, he proved himself an exceptionally hard worker. I still remember quite a few jobs. One of them was working at Hungry Jacks, uh, working at a car wash, a delivery driver. 
later i worked in woolworth as, as well and that was the starting and then i started working in that bakery that i'm talking about that i spent like a two years in that bakery oh yeah that was in sydney in ingleburn so after baking i that means i i, I had those points that i need uh, to to get to apply for my permanent residency visa which uh, i applied in 2010 and it took me almost three years to get the visa so Pretty much after finishing the course, I was just uh, I applied for permanent visa and I start planning for my business in Australia. Uh, yeah, so that was part time uh, while I was studying. And as I finished my study, because when you're studying, you can't work more than 20 hours. And uh, when I finished my study in 2010, that's when I actually start working full time. And that's where income start to increase a little bit. Although baking and business seem to have little in common besides the first letters, Singh learned invaluable lessons from his experience. In 2010, I changed from uh, from working in Ingleburn to to working in Woolworths. So Woolworths bakery uh, in a uh, bakery department. So I worked from all the way from 2010 to uh, quite recently until I start my uh, business. I think Ingleburn bakery was actually bigger and it was a lot more to learn because that was more like a pastry kind of. Uh, that was more focused on pastry, and um, and 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 Woolworths is uh, kind of you know you're doing exact same thing every day, and it's a little bit more boring and monotonous work in in uh, working in Woolworths. Um, the size wise, it was very similar. Uh, in Woolworths, yes, every store have their own bakery, and uh, generally it's, it's one section, one bakery. Some bakeries are small, some slightly bigger, and uh, yes, yeah, so we start around two in the morning sometime midnight as well so two in the morning there we prepare the bread up to maybe six in the morning and that's when the girls come in and then they pack it and they put it on the shelf and that's pretty much every day and by that by that if you spend like six seven months you start to you know your body start to remember these because you're doing exact same thing every day and i think that that actually helped me because i was doing every same job every day and I didn't have to think about it, what I was doing. So I always had headphone uh, in my ears and listening to podcasts, uh, books and things like that. And that's where uh, I listen to your podcast as well. So I've been listening to your podcast for, for a very long time. Yeah, so that actually, uh, that job actually helped me working two jobs at a time because I used to start three in the, two in the morning uh, in a bakery and finish just like eight hour shift. So around 11, 10, 11 in the morning. And when I finish, I generally used to go to second job. And at one stage, when I was building my portfolio, I was doing two full-time jobs. So I finish at 10, go straight to other job, finish there around maybe whatever, six, eight hours later. And then I go home, eat and sleep and then start again. Despite the exhausting routine of two jobs, Singh persevered. It was in no way easy but it was important. I used to do whenever I need to increase my borrowing power uh, to buy next property. So sometime I would do that for maybe a year and then I stop it. And if I need to go back uh, and buy more property, then, then I, will, I will do the same thing again. I still kept doing uh, baking for, for a while um, because it, as I said, it, it actually served, my, served the purpose. Like it gave me the chance to learn more about other things because I didn't have to learn about bakery. I already knew it. And it is all more monotonous job that I can do without thinking about it. And that's, that's, that means 
whole eight hours uh, when I was baking, I was pretty much doing something else as well, which was learning. So eight hours of learning that can never happen in any any other job. So that's why I stick around for a very long time there. Yet no matter how much he learned, Singh could not be a baker forever. Eventually, it had to be time to move on to bigger things. So in 2013, when I got my permanent visa, that's when I thought I something needs to be changed. In the same year, I got married as well. So 2013, I got married and got a permanent visa. And the thought of having dependents um, made me look for options. I knew I couldn't keep working two jobs, three jobs. So I thought I have to do something uh, to change this. Change this. So um, I, I looked for options. And when you're looking for option from Australia, generally you you look for uh, you land into shares, maybe crypto, maybe property. So these are the main top things. You, you might be able to invest in business as well if you have money. But that that were the few options that I had. So one day I was working in Woolworths in my workplace, and they had a charity event there, and um, they they were actually trying to uh, sell books for the gold. Uh, gold coin donation and I, I look <laughs> you know how these those charity event happens that they're trying to sell books so i i, I was i thought that would be pretty cool i, I might want to buy a couple of books and I, I look at this book which uh the heading actually and got my attention zero to 130 properties for three and in three and a half years <laughs> so yeah, so I thought, oh, that's a, that's a catchy heading. So I, I paid that gold coin for that and I got that book. I didn't really have a lot lot of desire to read books at the time, but but I, I like this heading and I start reading this book. And that's one of the pivoting moments in my life to to buy that, that, that book for gold coin donation. Rehashing the past, Singh shares a source of inspiration for him. Best-selling author Stephen McKnight and property investor guest. I haven't, but I, I follow him quite closely, and I I, I believe your podcast. Uh, you you had him as, as your guest. That's what actually caught my eye to to your podcast because I I, I listened to him on your podcast, and I said, okay, I definitely have to this listen to this podcast because he's having pretty good you know um, guests there. <laughs> yeah, so I I I read the book within couple of couple of days I'm, I'm not i'm not a book person normally uh up to that point i wasn't <laughs> but because, because book answered so many questions that i had um how how the investing works and how uh, steve talked about you know positive cash flow properties buy and hold strategies lease options renovation flips uh, so there's a lot of lot of information in one book i mean some of the strategies were weren't really applicable in in that in that market because Steve obviously were buying in 1990s and 2000s, but uh, but ideas made sense and uh, those ideas uh, I wanted to you know learn about those ideas and they are pretty much like forever. You can read that book anytime and you will get value out. In the next episode of Property Investry, Lakwinda Singh shares the struggles of starting a business, the anxieties and the risks. Uh, that, that was one opportunity cost and other than that, uh, the, just the stress going through this um, this process like waiting for the deposit, you are, you, you're not even sure if you're going to get it back and you don't know how who to approach to get it back. 
He shares the humble beginnings of business and the anxieties that came with it. I didn't really put, you know, that um, that fancy bench top or anything like any, anything like that. I kept it very simple because I was clear that it it, it is going to be investment later down the track. He discloses the risks that he had to take in order to succeed and set himself up for success. So I said, okay, let let's do that. So I ended up buying second property right after that as I, as I bought my uh, first property. And that's next time on Property Investory.